0: Welcome to the Equipping for Life podcast by Pastor Tony Paolo. Listen as Pastor Tony provides tactical tools to overcome obstacles in your everyday life. Today we're talking about the way of restoration. And we're going to compare the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane. Everybody got me so far? I don't want to lose you. The way of restoration. The Garden of Eden. To the Garden of Gethsemane, if you are watching from home, we just want to say welcome to Restoration Church online. And this is, I need a favor. I need you to do me a favor next week, all right? In one week, and next Sunday, I'm preaching next Sunday, I need you to invite someone into your living room. Invite someone into your, uh, uh, your kitchen with a cup of coffee and, join, and have them join you to watch Restoration Online. Does that make sense? If you are watching, and that makes sense, I want you to type in, make sense. For you guys, you guys invite someone here, because I see a couple of empty seats. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Shame, intimacy, Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane. We're talking about Adam and comparing him to Jesus. And if we look carefully, from the very beginning, we see the plan of restoration happening in the book of Genesis, which is the very first book of the Bible. We see God's hand at work. Um, and we, but we also see the very first thing that God gave Adam before He gave him a wife, He gave him authority. That's important now. Men, you have the authority. I got an amen from a guy who's uh, who, who's not married. Men, I want you to turn to your wife and say, "I have the authority." Go, go. Oh, man, come on, Hulk. We need a class on that. Watch, I'll show you how it's done. Honey, I have the authority. (laughs) All right, never mind. (laughs) Keep preaching. I got to move on. So listen, the very first thing, before God gave him a wife he gave him authority how do we know who gave him authority well he gave Adam the authority to name all the animals none of the animals are named so Adam is walking with this authority now this authority comes from intimacy intimacy comes from that unhindered relationship with God where when you enter into the presence of God there is no barrier between you and God intimacy is when your your very soul is connected to the purposes of God when all your faculties and spiritual senses are linked with God's agenda that means every morning you wake up you have a thought of God the very first thing that Adam would do when he woke up every morning his first thought was God complete unhindered relationship and of course the enemy does not like when you have that intimate relationship with God and he seeks to sever it the enemy comes but to steal and destroy. See, he doesn't have to kill and destroy you if he can rob from you. If he can steal that connection, that contact. And you know, if you, if you haven't, I don't know if this happens to the car, but when we have the older cars, the battery terminal, if it wasn't connected properly, it would corrode. So that corrosion will ha- just it, it's touching, but it's not connected. Just because your hine is in my seat touching the seat doesn't mean you're connected to the body of Christ. You could be sleeping in the same bed with your spouse and not be connected. So the enemy does not like when you have that connection with God the Father. And once he severs that connection, he don't even care if you make it to heaven. He don't even care if you come to church. He just wants to make sure that that sever between you and God is disconnected. Why is that connection so important? Because it creates an intimate bond when you understand the promises of God. So when I understand God, my understanding is based on my standing on the promises of God. When I understand his promises, when I, uh, when, I, when I walk in his authority, then I understand his promises. That's that intimacy. But the opposite of intimacy, when we see what we saw with Adam, once that intimacy was broken, the very first time, shame is introduced into the world. And what happens when shame was introduced into the world? What happened? He hid. And shame is a graceless perspective of yourself. When you see yourself disconnected from grace, that's shame. You know what? You know what? For, I'm not talking about conviction. I'm not talking about if you, you know, knock off an armored truck, you feel bad about it. You should feel bad about it if you knock off an armored truck. I'm talking about you didn't do anything wrong. You just f- feel bad. You didn't do anything bad. You just feel bad about yourself. So shame really, some of you are going to be upset when I say this. Shame just basically means you think about yourself too much. Yeah, see, I know, I knew you were gonna be upset, with me, but it is. Shame means you look at yourself apart from the cross. Shame means you you see yourself apart from that 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 perspective apart from the love of God. No, I mean, grace is, He took your punishment. Grace is the punishment was absorbed. So the very first thing that Adam did when he was filled with shame was he separated himself. What happens? What happens when you're in conflict with your spouse? You separate. You don't, we don't talk for days. We go like this, hey, we pass through the night, we look at each other, we're sleeping in the same bed, but we've separated ourselves. Into, this is what God says, I want you, God is calling you apart. God is calling you to distance yourself from shame. You see with Adam here, there's nothing in the Bible that says God was angry, God was upset. In fact, it was God who pursued Adam and Eve. And they are, just like Adam, there are people in the house this morning that you are running from God. I'm going to say that again. Because I feel like the Spirit of God is saying, say that again. I'm like, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you are running from God. You could say your prayers, you're touching but not connected. You could read a scripture here and there. You, you may say God is good all the time, all the time. But just because you say God is good doesn't mean you got it doesn't mean you're walking in the favor of the Lord. So Adam sins and the very first thing that we see given that authority was taken away from Adam. Now let's follow the tracks now. Let's follow these tracks all the way to Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Genesis 2 uh, verse 15 tells us how God plants Adam in the garden. He puts him there And he puts Adam to dress the garden. This is important that we get this. One version says dress. Another version says to tend the garden. Sounds so nice. Sounds so amazing. The provision was unlimited. But again, let's let's talk about the intimacy part. Adam enjoyed uninterrupted connection with God. Somebody said to me, you know what? I don't think we'll ever be able to get to that place. Adam had it at that moment. That was the best. I'm like, no, we can have better because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We Adam is in heaven saying, I wish I had the Holy Spirit. We have it better, which is why the new covenant is better than the old covenant. New Testament is better than the Old Testament. The new agreement is better than the old agreement. So let's follow this train of thought. There's a storyline of brokenness that God looks to change. There's brokenness in our world that does not have to touch your doorstep. That's true, mad. I'm going to say that again. I would have amen myself. I thought that point was good too. but just, I have it written on my paper. I'm like, oh, I, I, it's highlighted. That means you're supposed to try it again. There's brokenness in the world that does not have to touch your doorstep. Yeah. See, what happens if you don't get a point, then I'll tell a story and, and, and just stay on the point until you get it. This is is it. God is changing the narrative here. Does trouble come my way? Yes. Does brokenness come my way? No. Because when I'm living under God's favor, I get to experience his blessing, and when I work and when I live, I live out of that blessing, and I, I don't strive for something that I already live in. And this is where I... So let's compare it now. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 says he tended the garden. Genesis chapter 3 verses 23 and verses 17... Pretty much say the same thing. And verse 23, it says, So the Lord banished Adam from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had taken. We learned a couple of weeks ago, why would God, after Adam and Eve sin, why would God banish Adam? Well, Adam sinned. Adam can no longer be in the presence of God. So God is like, I'm going to change up my plan, but not my purpose. I'm going to banish you from my presence until I come up with a plan to fully cover you. And his name is Jesus. God always has a plan. So in verse 17, God says to Adam, cursed is the ground because of you. Now, let's make this clear. God didn't curse the ground. Adam's behavior cursed the ground. We think, oh, God is just sending bad things my way because I sin. No, your sin is sending you bad things your way because you sinned. God doesn't come around saying, lightning, you're bad, lightning, you've been a bad girl, lightning for you, lightning for you. No, our sin, God's lightning strikes lightning on our sin, so if we're harboring our sin, guess what? We may get a little singed, but if we are part, guess who took the lightning, guess who took the punishment? His name is Jesus, the, the Savior, the Lord and Savior of our lives. God didn't curse the ground, so he says, through painful toil... This is tough. Adam, because of what you did, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. This soil now, let's look at this soil. Because when I hear that, I'm like, man, the soil is cursed. I wonder what the soil was like before. At one time in the Garden of Eden, the soil had perfect pH. It was beautiful. How many of you love gardening? You take that soil. You know, even the soil that you buy at Lowe's and Home Depot, will never compare to the soil at at the Garden of Eden. And so God says, your sin messed up the pH factor of the Garden of Eden. And as a result of it, that same your work, you still got to work. We're going to talk about that in a minute. You still got to work, but now your work is going to be different because the soil is different. Okay, now let's compare Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 with genesis chapter 3 verse 23 this let's come do the comparison because at one time i was reading this and i'm like okay so while he was in the garden he had a tender garden and now he's banished from the garden and verse 23 he has to work the land verse two, chapter 2 verse 15 tender garden chapter 3 verse 23 work the land now i would think can i be honest with you pastor mike you know how how when preachers get you're like man this sounds powerful so i'm like let me look at the greek let me look at the hebrew word in genesis chapter 2 verse 15 tend or dress and let me look at the hebrew word in genesis chapter 3 verse 23 work guess what it's the same word i'm like oh man i thought it'd be different abad which means work so Adam had to abide the land in Genesis chapter two verse fifteen, and he had to abode the land in Genesis chapter three verse twenty-three. The same thing. And the Strong's word concordance, you could see it is fifty-six forty-seven. If you don't believe me, the same work Adam had to work. Let me talk to I, let me talk to the men, especially about work. There was something about organic in the work that Adam had to do. It's just something about putting your hands in dirt. Remember when you were, ladies? Just for a minute, I'm just going to talk to the guys. Remember when you were a kid? You used to Tony uh, Hulk. You, just like like you still do this, man. I love this, man. You don't care if the cement and concrete dries out your hands. Look at that. So for Adam, it was very organic in the in the garden to work to tend the garden. And then, when he had to work the land, when he sinned, it was just something about work, about the dirt. Why? Because we come from dirt. And when we die, our bodies go back to being dust. So then I did more research on this word, Abad in the Hebrew, Strong's Concordance, 5647. And I said, let me do more research. And I realized that Abad was used throughout the Old Testament. Sometimes it meant Abad, work, Levitical duties as a priest. And sometimes it meant Abad work as a slave or a subject. Let me say that again. Abad could either be working as a Levitical priest versus working as a slave. Same word, Abad, but in one contract, it was you were serving God as a priest, and the other contract, you were just as a slave. Same work. You know what the one thing that changed? The context. You're going to be doing the same thing, but except working, instead of working from a ground that's blessed, you're working from a ground that's cursed. Instead of working from favor, you're going to work with frustration. I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Working with frustration. You ever been there? Hmm. It's a whole other sermon. I'm not talking about making $15 an hour versus $50 an hour. I'm talking about an attitude. Because some of us, when we're, there's two different works. Working within the garden and working banished from the garden. When you're banished, when Adam was banished from the garden, now everything was provided for. Adam, God says to Adam and Eve, everything you have is yours. Everything, whatever you need. All Adam had to do was dress what was provided for. Now he has to create provision. That's like some people when you talk to them, they're like, hey, how's work? Well, you know, it's a job. I work 70 hours this week. You notice men, every time we get together, what is the first thing we talk about? How's work? Oh, you know, it's, it's the same thing. We ask the same, how's work? How, oh, yeah, how's work? It's always the same thing. because we have wrapped our identity around what we do in the garden your identity was wrapped around intimacy was wrapped around relationship with God now that Adam is banished from the garden now you have to create from a ground that's cursed so instead of working from favor you're working for favor so some of you are working two or three jobs Four. I heard. Well, you know, I'm not. I can't really sleep at night. So what am I doing from two to four? I'm also just do some Uber runs. Nothing wrong. Hey, there's nothing wrong with making a couple extra bucks. But what's happening is you don't leave God an entry point. You don't leave God an entry point for something supernatural to happen. And you're doing everything with your hands, like the Tower of Babel. Look what I I'm gonna build this tower so that I could say that I reached God. You could pay your bills, but you're lack, you're still lacking favor here. So the sabad, it's the same root word used throughout the entire Old Testament. But the thing that changed was context. Work, 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 work. You're frustrated. You're not getting raises, you're not getting bonuses, you're not feeling frustrated. It's because God is over here saying, hello, I've recaptured that promise. Stop looking backward and start looking forward because there is a life of favor that you can enjoy. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, seek first. We try to get all these things without seeking trying to oh, climb up the corporate ladder and when our boss gives us a 25 cents raise an hour we get angry because God is saying it ain't your boss doesn't the New Testament say you don't work for man you work for God yeah. try that tomorrow on your boss like, I don't work for you I work for Jesus <laughs> <laughs> No, don't, yeah, don't do it you got to try your card my card's not working <laughs> This is a this is a mindset here now. Now I'm not talking about making the fifty or the. 50, uh, there were times, man, where we struggled to buy milk. We're like, honey, c- count. Do we have enough eggs? This is when the eggs was eighty nine cents. <laughs> Remember those? Whatever. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling. We couldn't even afford a Happy Meal. We went to Martha's Vineyard one time and we said, let's get ice cream. We're like, never mind. I'm like, we didn't even have money to buy ice cream for our kids. I'm like, kids, it's the, yeah, we have to catch the bus. We have to catch the boat. I'm not talking about the, the amount of money that you make, but it does, it's a big deal when you're making $15 an hour where you are a good steward of that $15 an hour and praise God for that $15 an hour. Yeah, you're making $50 an hour because there were times where we struggled to buy eggs and we walked out of the supermarket. We were saying, man, we're favored. God, thank you for this dozen eggs. God, thank you that we got a deal. God, thank you that we had a coupon. I'm talking about your attitude. And you're working you're you're trying to create something to grow from the ground. I'm trying to build my business blah 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 blah. The ground is cursed. You want to build your business? Make sure the foundation and maker is God. Yeah, yeah. Great build your business, make millions. But remember the ground is cursed. So you can get, you can go for that fourth job, pay your bills and still be frustrated and still miss it you can still miss it so if you're let's talk about that frustration part again you're working from the he says this is what he says you will work you out of prolonged labor you're gonna have to abide the land out of frustration man you jacked up this soil you did this Adam well like God why are you doing this to me I'm like I ain't doing nothing stop sinning stop being a stop being a knucklehead I can't cast the spirit of knucklehead out of you. You just got to stop. There's no such thing anyway, so whatever. Seek first. Seek first. So Adam, he wakes up every morning. His first thought is God. What prevents us from first thing in the morning being able to say, God, thank you for this very first breath that I have. When I mentor, don't, don't ask me to mentor you. You don't, you don't want me as your mentor. I'm going to make you work hard. Yes, I do. Yeah, all right. No, no I know. Pastor, I want you to mentor me. All right, tell me what your morning's like. Well, I work at 9. I get up at 825. I get up just to have enough cup of coffee and then kind of brush my teeth and get out of the house. I'm like, all right. Wake up at 810 instead of 825. Oh. <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you wake up? my day, he says, my day does this, floods me. I said, how about rewinding it? Wake up before your day flood, And it's good to wake up tired, because your spirit is alert, but your brain is sleeping. Your spirit will catch what your brain will miss. So you wake up when you're tired. It's, you're too tired to capture your day, but not to respond to the voice of the spirit. Because remember, God speaks to you in your sleep. David says, you counsel me while I'm sleeping. Imagine that. Imagine having a counselor, almighty God, counseling you while you're sleeping. You should try. It's pretty good. So you, I tell him, wake up 10 to 15. It's too much. Your first, if Adam's first thought was God, because he was so consumed with God, and he was so connected and intimate with God, is it too much to say, God, I'm going to wake up 10, 15 minutes earlier just to think about you? Amen. And so that when my day begins, instead of, building foundations in a land that's cursed i am building foundation in a world that's blessed surely goodness and mercy will follow me another word again all all the days of my life that means wherever i go jay god's promises are magnetized towards me Wherever I go. And God does things. That When you live a life of favor, he answers prayers behind your back. He answers prayers that you don't even pray. Why? Because that's favor. And why? there's a lot of things I don't have to pray for. Because if healing belongs to me, why do I have to beg for something that I already have? That's faith. That's faith. But, but God says to Abraham, through painful toil you will eat from the, its land all the days of your life. He says... Through sorrowful disappointments, you will get results, is that verse in the Hebrew. You'll get results. I like results. You know what I like better? Fruit. Fruit is kingdom. Fruit impacts my children. Fruit impacts my grandchildren. When we say, God, like all our kids are serving the Lord. Like, it's, oh, you must be good parents. This morning I said to my wife, I'm like, Honey, I think we're good parents. She goes, Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> That's how more. I'm like, I think we're good parents. I'm like, But man, we just kind of hobbled and skipped and went sideways. Had, didn't you hobble and skip and go sideways a couple of times in your life? But it's the grace of God on your life. Surely goodness and mercy. So, what that means is that it, you are attracted, the promises of God chase after you. No matter what, this is the grace of of God and this is God's plan of restoration galvanizing the cross of Jesus Christ so let's go back to this this life that some of us are living in it's work nine to five I come home yet you're you're caught in a cycle tomorrow you've actually predicted your day and your day will go exactly how you've predicted but God the Holy Spirit is like kind of waiting. Remember Double Dutch? Yep. Yeah, anybody? Never mind. God the Holy Spirit is just waiting to introduce himself and interrupt your cycle of viciousness to bring in the supernatural. That's favor. Every si- And what favor, walking in favor means is just you call everything a miracle. God, thank you for this miracle. God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. God, thank you for these eggs for eighty-nine cents. God, thank you that we got a park. We got a parking spot. Man, we drove to Boston. We got a parking spot in Boston. God, thank you. We got a parking spot. Call everything a miracle. Amen. When you live according to the curriculum of the Holy Spirit, you're not building things in a cur- in a ground that's cursed. You're building things in a land that's filled with favor. This is what God says in the Book of Joshua, to Joshua, Old Testament. He says, "Wherever you place your foot." I will bless. This was Old Testament. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. He didn't have Jesus. He said to Joshua, well, what was the, what was the boundary lines? The boundary lines was the promised land. Whatever, whatever you place your foot, I will bless. Whatever decision you make will be the right one. So we've been, in the last 10 years, we revolutionized our process. It's like, God, what do you want us to do? And God is like saying, what do you want to do? And could it be that we get to a point where whatever decision we make is the will of God for our lives? This is what it means. Now, he said that to Joshua, he's living in the Old Testament. Now, how about us? We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the Spirit of God now releases the expressions of heaven. So when we work from favor, it's different than working for favor. Some of you are fighting for victory. Some of you are fighting for things when you should not be fighting for anything. I fight from victory. My platform has already been set. The cross of Jesus Christ. I'm an awesome spirit being a magnificent word, created in the image of God. The platform of healing has been set. The platform of favor has been set. We dedicated our children and our children and our children's children are going to be released to the blessings of God. Make, declare those things out loud. Those things that are not as though they were. I was in a prayer meeting one time. And it was this lady kept going back and forth and saying, God, thank you, Father. I'm rich. And then she started saying, God, thank you for money. She started saying, Lord, money cometh unto me. I'm like, okay. You ever do that to somebody? somebody? Nobody here but in your last church. Okay. And I'm like, that was like, Lord convicted me then. Because then I hear of other people say, I'm so broke. I, can't, I don't know, I can't, I can't tithe, we can't do this, I'm missing a carpet, I can't buy this, I can't buy a Happy Meal, I can't, buy, I can't buy gas. You're declaring those things based on your circumstances. So she just said, based on a platform of favor, my father's rich. My father's rich. And, and, and I'm working from that platform of blessing and favor rather than the ground is cursed, If you try to get from the ground something that you could only get from me, you're going to be frustrated. So why was the ground cursed? So God is saying, don't look here. There's nothing to see here. Over here, look over here. The blessing of God is on your life. Look this way. I want to bless you. I want you to operate in favor. I remember years ago, 2008, this was when the whole... Bank financial thing was collapsing and the world was collapsing and everything like that. And and we, our, 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 all the banks were going crazy. Our bank went crazy. I don't know if you, were, your bank went crazy, but they wanted to raise our rates and raise the, the m- mortgage and everything. And I said, time out. We need a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, this is really not right. So we started putting money in escrow. They wanted to raise our prices and rates and everything, unfair lending practices and all that stuff. We didn't, we didn't officially have a lawyer, so I did some research on Google. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, Lord, help me. Wikipedia says no. And so I prepared. we had eight months of escrow aside. I said, absolutely not. This is not happening. Their lawyer was sending uh, l- letters. He called me saying, hey, do you have a lawyer? Well, I want to send them a package. I said, I do not have a lawyer. Send it to me. So he sends it to me, I do all the research and everything, and I'm prepared to meet with the bank. They call, and I called the meeting, I said, it's of your best interest, if you foreclose on us, it's going to cost you over $100,000. We are people of the community, I have eight months in escrow, we want to stay here. It was a dark season of our lives. And so, so what I did was, I set up a meeting with them, and I did the research, and I said, well, let me dress up, I don't want to dress up too much. Because they're going to think I could afford it. But I don't want I, I to wear my cheap watch. Because they're going to think I can't afford it. But I don't want to wear my expensive watch. So I wore my Invicta, the cheap expensive watch. <laughs> so I went. I had my suit on and everything like that. I have got into the elevator all lined up with mahogany. I'm like, good Lord, what am I doing here? <laughs> I step in. Boom. Literally, the lady, the, the, the Front desk was like across the street, so I'm walking like this. <laughs> Do you have representation with you today, Mr. Palo? Like, yeah, he had a court date. <laughs> so I go into the room, and there's this big table. You know how in your mind you think it's like a twenty-foot table and it was probably like a two-foot table. <laughs> but it was eight people sitting there. So I said, gentlemen, these are my terms. Made copies and everything. I said, "This is what we want to pay for interest rate, and this is what I want my monthly payments to look like." They were like, shh, 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 shh. "What kind of watch does he have?" <laughs> it looks like a Rolex, but he got that from Amazon, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he says, "Mr. Palo, you know, if you could excuse the meeting, so." They met about 20 minutes. I come back in. He, he said so easily. He says, we'll accept your terms. I'm like, oh, man, I could have gone lower. <laughs> and so this is what happens. I go home. Lady calls me a week later. She goes, now, how did you do this without a lawyer? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Jesus helped a lot. But I'm going to tell you, before that time, we were so frustrated. We were looking at, we were like, and this is when all five kids were living in the house. Jay, you know what I was saying? We have six bedrooms. So I was like, Lord, what do we do? Do we want to keep the house? And we were like looking at apartments. We're like, hey, kids, come on. There's a two-bedroom here in Central Falls. You think we can make do? I think we can do this. Come on. Praise God. God is with us. So now I'm like, I'm frustrated because I'm like, Lord, you ever asked God, I said, God, tell me what to do. Have you been there where you just say, like, okay, I don't want to have to pray, and read the Bible more. I don't want to go, just tell me what to do now. And I, said, I felt like the Lord speaks to me and says, What do you want to do? And I was like, Hold on a second. Honey, what do you want to do? Let's keep the house, right? Yeah, we want to stay. I said, Lord, we want to stay. And then that's when I went on Google to look at how to be a lawyer. I you don't make this stuff up. You think I'm making this stuff up. How to be a lawyer, it'll tell you. So it's like, how about coming to a point in your life where you're living in favor, where God says, what do you want to do? We've, you've made this, I've made this, we've made this so complicated. where like, Lord, please tell me, do I take door number one? Do I take door number two or door number three? God says, pick, pick a door any door is going to be the right door because when you're walking in favor the prince of peace lives inside of me the holy spirit that expresses heaven lives inside of me so if you're working to get something from the ground that all you're going to experience is frustration the work in the garden is and the work outside is the same work abad. but the work in the garden it was an expression of heaven on earth we work you work gotta pay the bills that's not the reason why you work you work To express kingdom principles here on this earth. So those calluses that you have. Come on now. Angelo. You say God. Thank you. Angelo's right. Bridge authority. You build. He builds bridges. Something like that. So when you see. When you're driving on the Newport Bridge. And you see that guy way up top. It's Angelo or Joe. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. Whatever you do, whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. This is an offering. Work is an offering unto the Lord, and God gets to express all of heaven through your actions. That's why is it you work for God, not for man. So the two or three jobs. How about? Taking a step of faith and saying, God, I'm looking to cut back to see if I could do three jobs instead of four, or do two jobs instead of three, or maybe doing one job instead of two. To give God access and leverage, that's favor, access and leverage, access and leverage, Favors you have access to the promises of God. Leverage means that it's God using a longer pole to take that bolt right off your car. It's like, get that thing off. It's not easy, but it's easier compared to the way you're doing it. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's take this moment because we're going to partake of communion in a moment. I preached hard today. I'm tired. You appreciate it? Thank you. No, no, no applause needed. Okay, go ahead. Listen, I'm trying to convince you. You think I'm not doing this for my health? I'm doing this for yours. And here, I know, I know. Some of you looking at me like, dude, you crazy?" And I am. But this actually works. This. And it's not living a life of perfection because we look at ourselves and our families, we see grace all over it. The Palo home and the Palo family is painted with heaven's fragrance. You're not going to see us, you're going to see God. You're going to see hiccups, mess-ups, blemishes along the way. But the grace of God accomplishes things for us. So I want you to take this moment and think about your own life what it means to live a life of favor (laughs) what it means to live a life of walking where God says wherever you go I'm going to bless imagine that James you know that blessing you know that life is it easy is it fun okay yeah (laughs) is it tough yes is it adventurous yes but you have to convince yourself that if I'm gonna do this it's gonna have the fragrance of heaven on my life I'm gonna wake up thinking about God I surrender everything to the Lord but if you're not gonna do it and just do your own thing you'll live life you'll function But just because you're breathing doesn't mean you're living not true living true living is living heavens expressions so the Bible says let your will be done on earth as in heaven that's a very the terminology used in that is God is going to let his will be done on earth through our hands so God doesn't magically sprinkle his will on the earth he uses us To express his will on the earth and when Jesus came to that moment the sacrifice the greatest sacrifice with the cup and the book of Corinthians Apostle where Jesus resisted that cup he had that cup of communion of the fruit of the vine and he said this cup is a new covenant In the new blood of my covenant. But that same day when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, remember this garden of Eden, garden of Gethsemane, what failed in the garden of Eden succeeded in the garden of Gethsemane. To capture this, Adam said no in the garden of Eden, Jesus said yes in the garden of Gethsemane. First garden failed, second one succeeded. But even in the second one, Jesus was like, what did he say? Lord, if it could be just let this cup pass from me see the cup didn't represent physical sufferings the cup represented spiritual separation everything that we everything that you and i struggle with right now represents that cup and that's why jesus said because he knew at that moment he wasn't so much nervous of the physical pain as he much as he was as much as the the spiritual separation from his father rejection abandonment addiction sickness pain death abuse violence hatred injustice is found in that cup so when Jesus said That's where he sweat great drops of blood, right? The book of Luke. the God of Gethsemane. Jesus said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Adam was like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm bouncing. Adios. Jesus tangled with the struggle of man. He wrestled you know pastor I have this I have rejection issues well you don't have to say that anymore because Jesus took it well you don't understand I was adopted and I have issues with abandonment you don't have to say that anymore good news he took it well I struggle with addictions good news he took the power of addiction so when he says let this cup pass for me nevertheless the first struggle became the second struggle but Adam failed, Jesus succeeded so that we wouldn't fail and you know the prospect of this though is Jesus was the cupbearer who's the cupbearer in the Old Testament Nehemiah he was the cupbearer of the king that was his job he's I'm the cupbearer of the king and and the role of a cupbearer was he whatever fruit or, or juice it or wine they would serve to the king, the cupbearer had to drink it to make sure it wasn't poisoned. He said, and he would bring it to the king, drink it, and go give it to the king, and the king would wait a minute. And if the cupbearer didn't drop dead, the king was safe. And he would drink it. Guess what Jesus became? Jesus became the cupbearer to the world. He took on our poison. He took on the bite of the enemy he took on the sin of the world the sickness of the world that's what it means to walk in favor so I am courageous crazy enough to believe that the truth stands never falters never fails this cup that is blessed for us because we maybe we remember we drink a cup that's blessed because he drank a cup that was cursed That's what it means to walk in the favor of the Lord. That God said, you know what? The garden of Eden didn't work out. We're going to banish Adam and Eve. We're changing the plans, but not my purpose. Because I'm coming up with a plan that's going to match my purpose. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus.